on 2SM and the Super Radio Network. Let's get back to High Tide. Let's do that. Let's get back to the program. We'll kick this hour off by taking a look at the the way the weather is shaping up offshore for uh, Broken Bay to Port Hacking. You're looking at north to northeasterly, 15 to 25 knots, reaching up to 30 knots in the evening. Seas will be 1.5 metres, increasing to 1.5 to 2.5 during the morning. First swell will be a southerly at 2 metres, decreasing to 1.5 during the morning, then decreasing to 1 metre later in the afternoon. Second swell will be a northeaster around about a metre. The general outlook partly cloudy, although they said that yesterday too. For those that are further north, Morton to Point Danger, you're looking at east 10 to 15 knots, seas below 1 metre, swell southerly around 1 metre inshore, increasing to 1 to 2 metres offshore and mostly clear will be the general forecast for that area. It is 6 minutes after 5. Good morning, Laurie McAnally. Uh, good morning, Grant. Good morning, whoever's there. Kieran's there somewhere. Peter there. there somewhere. Yep, we're both here. Uh, and Blakey's like he's taken a, a leave pass, has he? Yeah, he's he went to visit the um, Jersey he the, Boys. He went to the theatre last night. No, no, he went to the Penrith Leagues Club. Oh, right, eh? Good on him. Fantastic. Well, but that, that's probably more upmarket than any theatre. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> the Taj Mahal of the West, yeah. Mm. yeah. Good morning, listeners. I didn't say anything to listeners. Now, fishing reports, plenty of this week. Good. Oh, I better get stuck into them first. Yeah. Uh, sharks are a bit of an issue, but anyway, we'll get to that in a minute. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's for everybody, it's not just me. Uh, yeah, through the week, Terry and I, or Terry wanted to go and catch some. Uh, Terry, for those listeners, he's uh, my fishing buddy. Uh, we went down to Fish Rock. With these, he likes jigging with these kabura jig things, which is just basically a coloured sinker head with a sort of a dancing skirt, and you lower them down, hit the bottom, come up a couple of lines, put them in the rod holder, and they catch themselves. So we caught two kingies, one nice big one. He got a nice fish about seventy-eight or something. I got one about sixty. We got two cobia, uh, a big thing called a barbunya, which is a black-spotted goat fish, about a kilo. That's a big one of them. And we got half a dozen uh, small uh, plate-sized snapper. Uh, and we got, I don't know, I think we lost 150 bucks worth of jigs to the sharks. Mm. <laughs> I just gave up. In the end, I just gave up. I went and sat in the, sat in the skipper's chair, had a sandwich and a, and a uh, cup of tea. I, let him, I said, you go for your life, son. I've, <laughs> I've given them all I'm going to give them. Cheap way of getting a feed this fishing, isn't it? Oh, well, it's a big feed. What we caught, even you know, what we caught was a big feed. But uh, I'm still eating it. I had kingy last night. I had a piece of king. I got cobia tonight. Cobia is beautiful. For anyone who's never eaten it, cobia is a premium table fish. Absolutely, right up there with a very, very nice to eat. So I've got a fillet of cobia tonight, which I'll just um, I paint them. I, I make a, I make a, a paint up with a, a little bit of melted butter, a little bit of olive oil. Uh, lemon rind and uh, smoked uh, paprika, and I, you, you paint. You, you put that on as a basically on a paint on the fillet. Put it on a baking on a, some baking paper on a tray and put it in a very hot oven, two fifty. And ten or twelve minutes later, you've got a beautiful piece of fish, which you have with salad and chips. Pretty good. So anyway, that's tonight's plan. Anyway, so but the show, I won't be going back to fish rock. I'm just not going to waste my time. Uh, until the snapper come on in sort of the end of April, I won't waste my time. Any, anything that anything that you can't get in fast, they've got. I don't know how many sharks there. Are. I can see them on the sound. There's plenty of them. But anyway, we gave up. I gave. I just gave up. Laurie, uh, hey? if, if if I may, because we had a bit of discussion off here, going back uh, ten years, were these sharks a problem? No, they've been here about five years. Yeah, it... I, I, I fish a lot at Inskip Point, or you know, at um, Rainbow Beach and Inskip Point in Queensland, and there's no worse, there's no different there. When the mackerel are on, the sharks are everywhere. Mm. And if you go, if you went back further, and if you've got a great grandfather or something, maybe used to fish the area, was that an issue then? No, I fished here. I have fished here since 1975, and lived here since '85, and had a house here since '85. And it wasn't, it's only the last five or six years. It's, but they're getting bigger. I'll tell you now, they, 
They used to all be sort of 50, 60, 70 kilo. This year there's plenty of 150s. Anyway, um, so that that was that. And then we the boys went mackerel fishing the last two days. And just before I came on air when you were talking to Bobby, spotty mackerel here, when when there's a change coming, they really bite. That's That's... The day before a southerly change, as the change comes up the coast, is when we really get the big hits of um, of spotty mackerel. Anyway, they bit really well on Friday and yesterday, but the guys had the same. Some mates of ours got six. They got six in the boat and lost 15 to the sharks. Uh, and one of the commercial guys I spoke to yesterday at the co-op, he got, he got 11. He landed 11 and lost about 20. So they were all taken on trolled uh, live slimies. Um, I get up there with lures. Peter Sayo, anyone who's game fished will understand. I, I use 50-pound game outfits with 80-pound line. And because you're trolling fast, I troll at 12 knots. Uh, you can... Um, I just basically wind the fish in and the sharks don't get them. But it's not very sporting. <laughs> but I also don't lose many. So, uh, But when you fish with bait with a lighter, you've got to use much lighter wire. I can get away with 85-pound wire on, on the lures. But when I'm bait fishing, you've got to use either 27 or 40. And uh, the, minute that's, the minute that spotty runs, he's gone. So um, it's getting to the point with the, for the commercial guys where the fishing is not viable commercially so and it's got a bit the same way at point danger uh, not point danger at uh, inskip point so when i speak to the commercial guys up there they, they're having a lot of trouble so anyway look it's but there, there's plenty of spotties you just got to get them to the boat but there is some there is some backwash from this with the kingies being eaten you know every time you like the master guys are catching the kingies on poppers and sluggos and all that sort of stuff every time you get bitten off it's 30 dollars uh, if you're using these kabura jigs it's 25 dollars uh, both, both the charter boats and um, the tackle shops are getting people now saying they're not coming back because they just can't stand the losses. They'll just go elsewhere and fish. They won't be back here. So it's going to be an issue. At, uh, I might even get Mark Benaziak. He might, he might ask fisheries if they've even quantified the problem. They can't solve it. I don't expect them to solve the problem. It's a natural thing, but uh, we, might, we might see if they've done any research, which I doubt. So anyway, but that's there's plenty of mackerel. You're just going to have to you, you're just going to have to fish heavy to get them. It's a it's a bit unsporting, but that's how it is. Yeah, you got to do what you got to do. Oh, there's plenty of fish. Well, I'm going to go. This, well, once a, we've got PJ up here from tonight, this, sometime this afternoon, and he's he's looking at these this weather forecast. The next couple of days, it sounds like three metre swells and 30 k of wind. So he might be he might be polishing his boat a bit or. Checking the tackle box out or something. I don't know what he's going to do? Yeah, well, he's got next. He'll, he'll have decided to do something. I'll, I'll, I'll have some mud crabs for him. He'll, he'll get a feed of mud crabs. But other than that, we'll see where we go. But um, the, the rest of the, the rest of the fishing from the, uh, obviously at sea, there were some nice tusk fish and snapper caught up on the reefs. And uh, squid seems to be the best bait for the tuskies. Uh, it used to be uh, we used to use pippies a lot, salted pi- uh, pickled pippies, but you're not allowed to take them off the beach anymore. So that's, we don't use that so much. But just squid, um, squid strips are the best bait for the tuskies. Uh, and there's been quite some nice fish, you know, up in the two kilo range, and they're magnificent eating. So they're worth a punt. So yeah, that's my next thing. I'll, I'll, I'll just troll some mackerel on the lures. I won't waste my time on bait. And then I'll, once I've caught three or four mackerel, I'll buzz off and go and catch some uh, tuskies and trag and. And snap her out on the on the reefs. So uh, maybe Wednesday, if Pete's uh, if, if PJ's still here, we'll we'll uh, we'll have a go on Wednesday for him. Uh, but that's the bottom fishing's fair. It's not great, but the fish the fish size is pretty good. This time of year is always a struggle with uh, our table fish. Winter, April after Anzac Day, right through till uh, November is our best time for the for the table fish. Uh, there's plenty of flathead being caught. Small snapper, bits and pieces, that's all okay. And a few spanner crabs, which was good this week. There's a, I saw a few blokes with spanner crab nets out that had done all right. Uh, what else did we, we did we do? Beach and rock a bit quiet. There's a, there's, I keep hearing these reports of these big tailor down at Port Macquarie. I might, if, it's, if it just blows from the south, I might go out and have a bit of a run along the rock somewhere and see if I can find those big tailor. If they're at Port Macquarie, they should be here. So I don't know were the guys at Coffs Harbour mentioned in the report, Kieran. Yeah, Taylor. Yeah, Taylor. <coughs> yeah. They were getting a, a run of big Taylor, and yeah, then they then they eased yeah. off a bit. 
Uh, right, I know they're at port. I didn't know they were so... If they're at port and coughs, then they're obviously here. We're yeah. not fishing for them. What they've had a big run of uh, coughs is the mangrove jack. Yeah, there's a, bit of a, there's a few in the river here too. Yeah, okay. Right on. That's a good sign. Yeah. All right. And so, they're like uh, you. That, Kieran, hey? all they want to do is complain about the sharks. Well, it's, it's expensive. <laughs> that, that's all... The, all the regular fishermen are complaining about shark, shark, shark. Yeah, well, I don't know how you get rid of them. I, just, I mean, I don't, we're not here to, you know. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> That's beautifully said. I worry about it's, uh, I, I, I've got them beat. If I'll take the lures, I've got them beat. That's okay. I can catch all the mackerel I want. I'll just fish heavy and wind them in. Yeah. In fact, sometimes I just skip them in. <laughs> Back in the 70s when I was trout fishing out on the Swains Reefs, um, everything from the dories there would be 80 pound handline, 90 hook, and just yep. I can't say what the uh, method was, but just pull very hard. And yep. um, uh, it, you, you would fish a reef uh, system for probably two days and then would move on because there's so many sharks to be around. Yeah. But yeah. they do follow yeah. the boat if you don't go far enough. <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're not silly. As, as you pull up, they're, they're there at the back of the boat with you. So we would move, move you know, six, seven, maybe ten miles uh, to yeah. fish the next oh. reef. And uh, these guys are just waiting for you. You can see them on the sounder when you turn up. So. Yep. Yeah, yeah. I, and, uh, you're right there, Lars. You know uh, what Pete just said then, because I remember fishing down here with Leon Thomas and and Ross yeah. Hunter and that. You know, we'd clean the fish on the way back and yeah. trail them fifty yards behind us to be a school sharks. Yeah. The other thing too, yeah, you know, they learn pretty quickly. Up at a place called Osprey Reef, which is uh, around about 100 miles east of Cooktown, um, there's a they do a lot of shark feeding up there. It's a world-renowned place for shark feeding, and you're meant to have a, a limit to how much food you actually put in. Some boats put a bit more than they should do, but yeah. the sharks the sharks learn the sound of the boat when it pulls up, and they'll go to the one that puts the most food in before the really? food, before the food even goes in. Yeah, well, that, that's that's called what do, they, what do they call that? Habituation or habitu- um, <laughs> habituated? They're habituated. Yeah. And uh, anyway, um, as I said, so uh, that's offshore. As I said, beach and rock. There was obviously plenty of a few brim around, a few dart. It's a struggle. I, you know, I wouldn't tell you it's good on the beach. You can get a feed of whiting some days on the north at the northern corners, uh, but the hasn't the beach fishing has not fired this year at all for through the summer. Uh, the estuary is a bit different. Plenty of flathead. A few whiting coming from upstream. Upstream from Jerseyville, there's a handful of good whiting turning up. And also upstream towards Stewart's Point, there are some very nice whiting turning up. Uh, all along Whiskey Island, along the sand flats there, there's, there's been some good stuff. Yabbies and worms are your main baits. I haven't heard of anyone catching them on lures this year, but uh, they were catching some nice brim right up the top of, uh, above the rock bar in Anderson's Inlet, they were getting some brim up where the cicadas, where all the cicadas are landing in the water. They get a few nice brim there on the, on the little black poppers. Uh, and there's some quite good uh, bass above Kempsey. So the fishing report is okay, and in fact it's really good. If you <laughs> you just mentioned, Loz, what you just mentioned then just rang a bell with me. The boys, when I talked to them in the over the week, they're in the country, yep. they're all talking about the black Glub lure. And yeah, they, oh, they, for the last two or three be. weeks, the colour yeah. black has been the most targeted by well, the, the fish. Cicadas, the little cicadas are black. They hit the yep. water. And all you see is whoosh. Gone. Smash. And they're gone. So it's either a bass or usually bass or brim that, uh, that smash them. So, uh, yeah, that's their main, that's their main food, yeah. So, but it's been very, very interesting. There's been some, um, some, uh, some good fish caught. You know, when we were, when well, I won't say kids, but when we were young adults, we used to use cicadas uh, when you put the hook in them and they let them fly. And just as they reached the trees, you'd stop the line and they'd fall in the water right at the base of the tree. And you just twitch them once or twice, bang, you've got a bass. <laughs> that was at Menangle when we were kids growing up up, up on the George's River. So, Shall anyway, we take our break, Mr. McAnally? Take, take a break and we'll come back and do a few bits and pieces, yep. That was superbly done. We'll get you a job. Talk tonight with Gary Stewart. But someone's passed me this one. Can I sue my beekeeper neighbour? 
My neighbour's bees flying around my garden, stealing the pollen or nectar from the flowers. Then the bees go back to my neighbour and create honey, but then harvests the honey and sells it. I was just bewildered by that uh, bee turnout. Oh, the email. What's she going to do next? Is she going to take people to court for getting food deliveries? Talk tonight. If rural property owner allows a truckload of hives, Mm. the tradition is always that at the end of the season, they're rewarded with a tin of honey. Talk tonight with Gary Stewart. They reckon the numbers are getting out of control again. The joke up here among us is we need another election because when we had the last election, COVID just disappeared straight away off the... (laughs) Let's move on. Gary Stewart, weeknights from 8pm. Are you feeling stiff, sore and more than a little sorry for yourself? It might be time you tried that little miracle in a bottle known as Stiff, Sore and Sorry. Always read the label and follow the directions for use. Look for Stiff, Sore and Sorry Relief Gel at selected health food stores and pharmacies. Go to the website, Love Oil Collection. That's L-O-V-E-O-I-L collection.com.au or call Ray on 040-6671-359. Summer is here, and you want your car air conditioning working at its best. You'll be blown away with the air conditioning service at your local Repco Authorised Service Centre. Our fully qualified mechanics will help keep you cool through the summer with a comprehensive service of your car's air conditioning system. So book online today at repcoservice.com. If you're looking for value for money on all homewares, then check out the incredible savings at Peters of Kensington. You'll get more bang for your buck on cookware, small electrical dinnerware and tabletop items, kitchenware, Manchester luggage and more. All the top brands are at Peters. Scanpan cookware, Rydell glassware, Wedgwood dinnerware, Stanley Rogers cutlery and Sheridan towels. Visit their flagship store at 57 Anzac Parade, Kensington, open seven days a week, or shop online, petersofkensington.com.au. Why in the world would you shop anywhere else? Hey you, right now you're listening to a radio ad about DAB Plus Radio on the radio. Think about it. It's like the cells inside your brain that's inside your head that's on top of your body are informing you that you can listen to this station in digital quality on a DAB Plus radio for free or on a smart speaker. Discover the auditory awesomeness of more radio within the radio. Search DAB Plus and listen now. 2SM Have your say. Call 131269. This is High Tide. Brought to you by Blake's Marine. Check out the range at blakesmarine.com.au. It is 23 minutes after five here on High Side. There we are chatting with Laurie McAnally, who's back online with us. What's got What's got you fired up this week, sir? Or shouldn't I, I ask? I'm not fired up anymore. I told you I'm retired. Oh, dear, dear, I'm not believing that. I got you, I got a bit, little bit fired up yesterday. I was listening to you guys talking about these changes to the trout. That's enough to fire up most people listening oh, to us. Steve, Steve Samuels, for people who don't know, was the chairman of the... Um, Monaro Acclimatisation Society, he's been like a piece of furniture in the fishing game for 30 years. And he's just put his pen down and walked. Thanks, folks. Don't come back. See you, same as I did. So, um, interesting, interesting with uh, they're going to change where they can and can't stop because and I, I, I sort of understand the reason. The reason is they're putting trout cod in and, uh, and Macquarie perch in and they don't want trout there. But, uh, geez, they've, they've, uh, DPI have not handled this well. They've lost, they've lost a person of great standing there, and uh, they want to have a deep think about the way they're handling themselves, these guys, some of these guys. So, I, well, I know just after we finish chatting with you, PJ is going to join us, and I know he's got a lot he wants to say on the subject as well. So it, it's, it's become quite emotive. Oh, no, look, as I said, I understand the, the, the why. You know, they're breeding these, uh, you know, native Australian fish, they don't want them attacked by feral trout, and uh, some of the there are some guys inside DPI who don't like fishing at all. I'll tell you now, I've met them, and uh, yeah, it's very interesting. And the one thing when you put trout cod in a piece of water, they take over. They drive all the other fish out. When I years and years, I don't know how many years ago it would have been twenty maybe fifteen. Whenever they started stocking trout cod into uh, into the Murrumbidgee, Julie and I did a three day paddle just to see if we could, you know, see what was there. 
and we caught 24 trout cod on the, for, over the three days, up to about two kilo. Not very big, but the locals were telling us, he said, no, mate, we chuck them on the bank. He said, they're, they're worse than carp. He said, we can't catch anything else. And uh, I actually bumped into the, uh, on the, on the very last day, we bumped into the two researchers who were trying to catch them, and he said, oh, no, there's, you know, we, we know they're here, but we, you know, they're hard to catch. I said, oh, we've got two dozen. And he said, what, 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 what? And, uh, and, you know, where'd you catch them? I said, well, I caught the last one just here, just around the corner. Anyway, so but they were very annoyed that we we're actually fishing. I said, it's legal. We can fish here. Oh, yes, yes, yes. But they're out, you know, so they're out cod, like they were some sort of precious possession. But anyway, it was, uh, it was an animated conversation with two idiots. So, um, <laughs> I don't know whether they're still there or not, but, uh, yeah, they, they, you know, they, they, what, they the couldn't two get idiots? their heads that they're, people they're... weren't appreciating their work. <laughs> yeah, that two two idiots have developed. There are about two hundred of them now. I don't know, but there's. Um, I've certainly bumped into us. Well, both with cod. I, I had a guy yelled, scream at me that it was a fishing inspector. We were fishing at uh, what's called the Junction Pool, Little, little Nimboider and Big Nimboider for Eastern freshwater cod. And this great big fat thing's running up the bank. Oh, I'm a fishing inspector, and he's giving us a great because Dave Payne was fighting a cod. We got about a six kilo cod. Mm took the hooks out and put it back. And this bloke's yelling, I'm, you're in trouble, you're going to be in court, da-da-da. Little did he know, of course, Dave Payne's a Crown Sergeant. So we paddle in. He said, now, you know, if um, you told me I'm in all this trouble, he said, uh, you produce your warrant and show me you're a fishing inspector. He said, because I've got a real one. And he said, we're going down to Grafton Police and we'll sort this police station, we're going to sort this out. And this bloke went to absolute water. And the fisheries guys that were on the bank getting their gear ready... Just all slow. I said, don't you slink away. You're witnesses. You're, you two come here. <laughs> anyway, Dave gave this bloke the rounds of the kitchen. And, uh, yeah, he was, he, he was just a research sign. He was the bloke who wrote the papers up about uh, Eastern Freshwater Cod. But, yeah, he, he was a pork chop, complete pork chop. Anyway, <laughs> that's how life goes. Pork chop. So, uh, no, no, but I, I, I often wonder, you know, I often wonder how it all goes together. But, you know, they've obviously discovered there's a few Gambusia there somewhere that, not Gambusia, the Galaxids. The, the Galaxids have always been an issue because, again, they're native Australian fish and the trout do eat them. You know, there's no question. Yeah. So, uh, it's, look, it's one of those things. I'll, it's... But I, I said I'm not. I'm not saying it's right or wrong. I'm just saying it's been handled very, very poorly. Yeah, it's less about whether we should, shouldn't, and more about the lack of consultation and 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 communication with oh, those involved. I, I encourage everyone to just walk away. Just leave DPI. Go round them. Go round them through them and don't deal with them. They're not worth it. So uh, we just do it. And the same thing if they're going to form committees and do all these other things, just do it yourself. Fund it yourself. And then take your agenda to the minister. Stay away from them. You're just wasting your time at DPI. That could be talking over a brick wall. So uh, anyway, but that's 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 that for the for the thing. And if you if you are going to troll for these um, mackerel, I better, better tell everyone if I can catch them. Just hot pink is the colour. Hot pink and little jet heads and little um, bullet heads. Small hooks. Five uh, O. I only use five O hooks. Um, so you keep the whole thing as. And no snap swivels, just tie, tie your line direct to an ordinary uh, small black swivel, black swivel, or you'll get cut off. And uh, tie them around at about 12 knots, and you'll, uh, you'll be surprised how many mackerel you can catch uh, doing that. And as I said, you can fish heavy and beat the sharks. So there's our tip for the, our fishing tip for the day. <laughs> and, troll, and, and troll along at about 15 knots. No, 12. 12. 12. <laughs> 12. About the same, about the, about the speed your yacht gets along at. Oh, but if I could do 12 knots, I'd be stoked. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, so anyway, just, uh, just, but there, there, there's plenty there. Otherwise, as I said, if you're trolling liveys, you're going to take your chances because yes. the, the mackerel get a run, get going, and the, the shark just gets between the, you, the, the boat of the mackerel and he's, he's got dinner. Free feed. Uh, well, well well, just, as I said, the interesting thing would be how big the biomass is. There must be thousands of them on. You know, I can see them on the sound are pretty thick. So um, the information uh, I got interesting. A lot of the information and, uh, I got think, from you know, and, 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 uh, the other thing with experts, I have to say, I cannot believe how many shark experts come out of the woodwork every time there's a shark attack. Oh yeah, 
We never see them. We never hear of them. You know, you know, and all of a sudden there's all these blokes with hyphenated names and fancy titles. They obviously live in some like like a some sort of cubby house at the university, <laughs> and they come hurtling out of the into the media every time there's a shark attack. So. Mm. But uh, <laughs> not to mention the weekend warriors that posted. You'll see a photo of of a fin um, posted on social media, and somebody will go, "What type of shark is that?" And then the fight starts. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh, it's this. No, it's that. No, it's this. They are all marine biologists on Facebook. I found. <laughs> uh, I stay off all that sort of rubbish. Oh, no. you've got to do it for a sport. I just want to do it for a sporting well, endeavour. Sport. Yeah, I suppose you can stir them up. I will oh, tell absolutely. You. I will tell you, if you are a competent fisherman, I can tell you pretty much which shark is which by seeing the dorsal fin, yeah. Like you can. I, I mean, yeah. white sharks are really distinctive. Hammerheads are distinctive. There's a few. Like, the same thing with all these shark things. We haven't seen hammerheads along the coast here much for four or five years, and we've been told that they're endangered and that. And this year, there are hammerheads absolutely everywhere. Yeah. Even crossing, even crossing Troll Bay the other morning, there were three cruising along, you know, in the bay. So don't worry about hammerheads. And they've been everywhere this year. They're having you know, a pro- They're in the mouth of the Hawkesbury. My mate fishing the Hawkesbury's been getting them every night. He goes over to Flint and Steel, he gets two or three hammerheads. Well, they got a big run of them in Batemans Bay, in the Clyde, and down at Naruma. Yeah, and they well, moved inside, big... heading into the lakes as well. Because, because they're sharks, there's, there's probably 50 yep. researchers alone just researching them, Kieran. Oh, yeah. I once caught a hammerhead shark in a yeah. bucket while crossing Sydney Heads. <laughs> A little tiny one. A little tiny one. True, true story. <laughs> I have had a 100 kilo hammerhead cut off behind the head by another shark. Just one bite, and all I've got, I've got the photos of it. It's a 100 kilo hammer, and he was chopped off behind the head. One bite. We think wow. by a tiger. Wow. So, yeah. Yeah, wow. So there's, there's things out there that you don't want to bump into. Absolutely. Anyway, I'll leave it up to PJ now, and I'll, I'll, I'll go and sit and have my cup of tea and listen to PJ. Well, having a chat with him yesterday, I reckon you're going to need uh, a strong coffee to get through this one because the man is fired up. Laurie, thanks so much for your time. We'll look forward to That's catching right. up with you next week. Okay, I'll see you later. See you, Lars. <laughs> Laurie McAnally there. We'll take a break, and we'll come back and have that chat with PJ right after this. In 2024... 2SM has Sydney talking. If you'd like to raise a topic, you've come to the right place. We're all ears. 13 12 69, the telephone number. Richard King has Sydney talking. Our Prime Minister, Anthony Albanese, who's on the line. Good morning, Prime Minister. Good morning. Brent Bultitude has Sydney talking. It's all fine and dandy for the Treasurer and the Prime Minister to turn around and say, look what we're doing. Toothless Tiger stuff, unfortunately. Talking sport has Sydney talking. It's like being with your mates at the pub without leaving the house. <laughs> you know, your Pat? Gary Stewart has Sydney talking. Thank you, Gary, for putting me on the show. My pleasure, thank you. In 2024... John Laws will continue to keep the dream alive. That's a bit of what is on my mind, so I'd like to know what's on yours. Pick up the telephone, tell us all about it. In 2024, 2SM has Sydney talking. You'll see more of Australia in less time when you travel by plane with Outback by Air. In a fraction of the time it would take you by road, Outback by Air will fly you to destinations you'll never forget and you'll probably never see again. What you will cover in a week on Outback by Air, all-inclusive tour, would take you up to a month or more to do in a motor car. Check the packages and destinations available at outbackbyair.com.au or you can phone 1300-310-503. Introducing... The all-electric seven-seat Kia EV9. Silence never felt so loud. Visit kia.com.au to find out more. Kia, movement that inspires. Finance Easy understands that recent times may have been uncertain for business owners and they'll make it simple to get you finance at competitive rates. Finance Easy takes the hassle out of borrowing money, offering a large range of lenders with rates more competitive than the bank. No more meetings with bank managers, no reams of paperwork, just a few clicks on the website. 
Visit financeeasy.com.au or call 1300 003 003. Australian Credit Licence Number 392182. If your strata complex unit or your commercial building is in need of repairs or upgrades, Network Construction Services are the remedial building specialists with more than 70 years of combined industry experience. For waterproofing, concrete cancer repairs, facade or cladding replacement, structural repairs, upgrades to electrical and fire services and improving accessibility, you go to networkconstructionservices.com.au or you can phone Steve on 90 2SM. Have your say. Text us on 0458 049 209. On 2SM and the Super Radio Network. You're listening to High Tide. Brought to you by Blake's Marine. Check out the range at blakesmarine.com.au and Shimano. Tomorrow's tackle today. Welcome back to High Tide. Time now to catch up with Peter Johnson, who joins us on this Sunday morning. How are you, Pete? Oh, not too bad. A bit crippled up with arthritis today, but that's about it. I I thought you'd be crippled up with just absolute anger at the moment because we've got a topic that we want to chat about this morning. I want to get your thoughts on uh, the New South Wales fisheries. New South Wales Fisheries have said that a number of our traditional trout stocking sites will no longer be allowed to be stocked due to a decision by the New South Wales Fisheries Threatened Species Unit. Now, what do you know about this and and what are your thoughts? Well, so what happened, this all came about from Steve Samuels writing a letter to, Steve's the president of the Monaro Acclimatisation Society, and, you know, these are the guys that are sort of like, uh, the guardians of the trout stocks, and you know they have a sort of certain amount of input in where the stocking goes. So they help raise money, and they release fingerlings themselves. Um, they the liaise with fisheries, um, and um, they have uh, revealed that their uh, stocking bans um, in 2024 and 25. Um, the reasons given for the bans. Um, uh, that um, there's two reasons is that in March 2023, the Commonwealth declared that a galaxis found across the Monaro region had been declared a new threatened species. This new species, Galaxis terranaceus, um, has been coexisting with trout since the original trout stockings, um, and therefore uh, they don't seem to think that it should be a threat to um, what's going on. Yeah. Now, where where the pain is... Um, hang on, I've just lost the article. Yeah. Where the pain is, um, this, this Galaxid is now been, I guess, poster child for um, saving. It's now coming up that the traditional trout are now being viewed as, uh, I guess, like they're doing with deer. They're viewing them as a uh, introduced pest. Yeah. So you're not you're not allowed to stock them where this uh, galaxis has been found. So there's been no consultation with the end user groups, any of the fly fishing, any of the recreational fishing units, um, and it turns out that the um, recreational fishing unit has had any undertaking of what the Commonwealth's listing process was and that the Threatened Species Unit had some prior knowledge, but they didn't bother to talk to the um, recreational unit. To play devil's so, advocate, though, PJ, if and purely just to play devil's advocate, if they've got knowledge of uh, an endangered species, why should they consult with the recreational fishers? Uh, let's, have a, let's just have a look. This time of year, fly fishing brings big money to the Monaro region. Yeah. All right. So if you stop stocking those uh, areas with trout and the trout die, don't forget only a couple of weeks ago we were talking about in the New England district trout streams boiling because of the the, um, low rainfall that we'd had and that the trout were not in cooler waters that – the trout were undergoing stress. Those fish die off. They get replaced by stockings. The same thing can happen in the Monaro region. And if those trout die off, there's no more coming to fix them. So there is no 
snow, snowy mountains fly fishery. And this is why recreational anglers need to be consulted because they have to be able to say, well, we've paid a lot of money in the past for stockings, um, for stream improvements and our licence fees, and now you're locking us out. So um, it's like... Um, so it's like buying a car and not getting rear wheels almost. Yeah, basically, yeah. You're being promised yeah, one so thing you know, and you're not getting the end result of that. Yeah, so the, 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 the people with the biggest amount of boots on the ground is the, the Monaro Acclimatisation Society, and they've just been given a closed door. They've, fisheries have slammed the door in their faces and said, we don't want to consult with you. But these are the people that have been out there gauging what needs to be done over the past. And, you know, they've done done things in the stocking and Macquarie perch and trout cod and, 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 and all sorts of different things in the past. And and, and now it's a we don't we don't trust you. Um so much so that Steve Samuels has decided after so many years um he's resigning um from the, the climatization society because he feels that it's just a uh, lost cause now because once fisheries Starts um, saying uh, you've lost access. Um, there's there's no point in fly fishing down that area anymore. Yeah, and obviously that's going to have a a wide reaching effect on the on the community down there that uh, derive a, a fair amount of tourist dollars. I mean, at the end of the day, the tourist dollar is an important thing as well as as the species. But do you sort of get the feeling that this lack of consultation seems to come from the top down? I don't even think it comes from the top grant. I think it comes from somebody that's got a position and they they have a personal crusade, and then so they want to make a name for themselves as 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 a saviour of a species, um, and then they 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 engineer their uh, program to a get the powers to be to listen to them, and and then you know they uh, persuade people to let them have their 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 say. Um, when when you're talking to the biggest um, representative body um, and just saying, well, we don't care what you think, we're not going to consult with you anymore. I think that's a downright um, um, there's, there's no natural justice in there, there's no consultation, it's just a dictatorship. Yeah. And uh, it'd be interesting to hear what Peter Turnell's doing because I think at the moment Peter's uh, acting uh, director of fisheries because Sean Sloan's uh, on holidays or doing something else, but um, it'd be great to see if uh, does Tanya Moriarty does she actually exist? Has we ever tracked her down yet? I think Kieran's been trying pretty hard, but uh, I don't think there's been much result. Yeah, well, you know, like <laughs> it'd be really good if we can get old Steve Samuels to talk next week, Grant. You know, um, and and a few other people because we really need this to to be sorted out. I've already. Push this issue on to Mark Banasiak. Mark's going to ask questions through the parliamentary channels. Um, but, you know, I'm only highlighting what's been passed on to me. If I can yeah. get hold of Steve Samuel for an interview next week, I will do. And it's always scary. It doesn't matter if it's fishing or any other area of government. If there's people making decisions and there's no consultations, that becomes more of a dictatorship than a, a democracy. Well, yeah, and look, I'm going to draw parallels here, Grant, okay, and, and, you know, call it conspiracy theories, whatever you want to call it, you know, but it just seems that all these things are just happening all too frequently. Hey, let's start with this. This this basically calling trout an introduced pest species is the same parallel they've done to deer that were introduced in the air. Now, there are... Thousands of hunters in New South Wales and Victoria that in the snowy area hunt deer for a passion. They do it for food. It's organic meat. They do it. It's a passion. It's a hobby. But what they're doing now is they're saying deer, bad. Hunters, bad. Let's go and kill them by helicopter. Now, they just recently had a helicopter gun um, ship program in the snowy regions on the Brumbies. Yeah. Some of these brumbies from the helicopters have been documented with 15 bullet wounds. 
Gee, that's uh, there's nothing okay. humane about that, is there? There's nothing humane about that. But when ground hunters get involved with the deer, one shot, they're down on the ground, and they're not invasive. They're not like a helicopter hovering low over farmlands and and being and 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 you know shooting. The hunters are out there. They're taking the thing, and then they're taking the meat. These yeah. deer and brumbies have been left on the ground, and guess what? Pigs and dogs start to thrive on it. Yeah, now, and, and then you've got then you do have introduced we, species causing problems. Yeah, so then what they do is, oh, we got rid of the deer. There's no need for hunters to have rifles. We don't want them hunting now because there's nothing to hunt. So out of bad, we've got to get rid of the trout. What, and at the same time, they get rid of the fishermen. What do we What do we do? Uh, what do we do about this? What do we What would you What would your suggestion be to our listeners out there if uh, they feel passionate about this? How could How can we change it or let them let the, the people know uh, in power that we're that they're not happy with the lack of consultation? Oh, I reckon ha- hanging one or two of them from a tall tree would be a good start. <laughs> Might be a touch illegal though. <laughs> yeah, yeah, slightly touch illegal, but yeah. Oh, I don't know what it is, you know, like they just take our money as for, as fishermen for a fishing licence and then they reduce what we get to do. Yeah. Like whenever there's something, there's fisheries meat, there's always an agenda, reduced bag limit, reduced seasons, you know, like, oh, we're going to do this, we're going to do that. And the science has never, ever been proven on marine parks, but we're not allowed to fish there, you know. Yeah. And, and and the old saying is that, you know, like it, the, the the most dangerous words you'll ever hear are, I'm from the government and I'm here to help. <laughs> okay. What what we need to do, we need to be able to get some of those politicians or bureau, more so the bureaucrats and, 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 and get them as a position where they're sued. They they legally sued for infringing our rights because we've paid to have these accesses. And people are just politically naive in Australia. They don't realise, you know, like they have two votes and, and one's for the upper house and one's for the lower house. The lower house is where the parties get formed together to make your government and that's where your state premier and your Australian politician come from, you know? Yeah. If the upper house, that's the policeman of it, and that's where the people like Mark Bonasic and Robert Borzak are, and that's where they can put a stop to these things. Now, if everybody learned to use their vote and we had eight shooters and fishers members in the upper house, things like this wouldn't happen because they know they wouldn't get it through. Yeah. But in- right? So people have to learn to become politically smarter, but also people need to be able to say, I've had enough of this. We've got to get to the streets. We've got to have a protest rally. We've got to do this. We have to let these shiny tails up there in in the glass palaces scared of being voted out. Well, Karen, That's the only way you can do them. If, well, Kieran's just come back into the studio with a coffee. I'll, I'll send you off some Endone to calm you down. Please have a good rest of the weekend, my friend, and thank you for your thoughts on that. Oh, look, I, I'm speaking in jest and I'm making light of it, but I, I do understand where you're coming from. Lack of consultation doesn't help anybody. They, they, these, these bureaucrats have got to learn not to play us as mugs. Good on I mean, you. back in the old days, you used to, you used to be able to shirt front someone and say, hey, you know, wake up to yourself. But now, you know, the, the problem is we don't drink from the skulls of our enemies anymore like the Vikings did, and everybody stood up and listened back then. True. Buddy, thanks so much for your time this weekend. We'll look forward to catching up with you next weekend with another fishing report. Right, mate. See you later. Peter Johnson there, pumped up on this Sunday morning. We'll be back right after this break. 2SM Super Network News. Over 700 young offenders were in prison each day on average last year, with that figure putting a hefty $855 million economic burden on taxpayers. There is now only one other person running against Donald Trump for the Republican presidential nomination after Ron DeSantis called it quits. The Florida governor confirmed he was suspending his presidential nomination campaign and would endorse the former president. Immediate. Independent. Unbiased. Kim Williams has been announced as the new chair of the ABC. Prime Minister Anthony Albanese has confirmed the former head of News Limited and ex-AFL commissioner will take over from Ida Butros in March. Sydney, Canberra. 
and regional Australia. The government is reassessing the Stage 3 tax cut breakdown. The Greens want them scrapped altogether. On the grounds, they will disproportionately benefit high-income earners. 2SM Super Network News. Today I'm talking to Glenn, who is one of Arborvitae's many happy customers. Hi, Glenn. Hello, Lee. When did you start taking Arborvitae and what for? My mild arthritis had progressively deteriorated. It was reaching the stage of me being virtually crippled. A friend of mine suggested that I try Arborvitae, so I gave it a go. What benefits have you noticed from Arborvitae? After just the first bottle, the pain went from 8 out of 10 down to a manageable 2 or 3 out of 10. Are you happy to recommend Arborvitae? And what would you tell our listeners about this product. Absolutely. I've told all my friends to give it a go. The secret is to have two or three bottles till the pain subsides and check dose that you're having the correct amount. It's wonderful to hear how much of a positive impact it has had on your life. Thanks for your time, Glenn. Arborvitae is an easy-to-take daily supplement that may help manage some of the most common health disorders caused by inflammation. Arborvitae health supplements are now available at Chemist Warehouse, Australia's cheapest chemist. Arborvitae.com.au. Always read the label and follow the directions for use. It's never been more important to buy Australian than right now. Our local manufacturers and growers produce world-class products known for their quality, safety and reliability. All while generating local jobs, supporting our communities and helping Australian families now and into the future. So look for the trusted green and gold kangaroo logo. Buy Australian now. Visit australianmade.com.au. For those high-rise and difficult-access painting jobs, Skyhook Painting is the answer. Instead of using costly and unsightly scaffolding, Skyhook's expert tradesmen will abseil down your building, preparing and painting the surface as they go. So if you've got a high-rise or difficult-access painting job, get in touch with Skyhook Painting. Go to skyhookpainting.com.au or phone... Zero double four nine eight four nine nine four nine. This is Radio Two SM. This is Radio Two SM. On Two SM and the Super Radio Network. This is High Tide. Brought to you by Shimano. Tomorrow's tackle today. It is eight minutes away from six o'clock. Time to head off to. Um, we're going to head up to one sixty three Salamander Way, Salamander Bay. To Duff's Salamander Bait and Tackle. G'day, Matt. How are you this morning? Good morning. Happy Sunday. Happy Sunday um, to you. I'm uh, good, thank you. At this stage, I was quite, it's kind enough. What is it, 10 to 6? I was able to get a cup of coffee in. So. <laughs> it, that, the coffees are a big deal, aren't they? Well, they are at half past four in the morning, yeah. Yeah. Um, and I suppose, what uh, what did you uh, have for breakfast down there? Or did Alan make some cappuccino? No, no, Alan's not here. No, no, Fabio's oh. not here today. Oh, so there's no coffee. There'd be a fancy coffee machine down there, wouldn't there? Yeah, and Peter Sayer knows how to use it, so we love Peter Sayer coming in. It's got Jay Laws written on it, don't touch. <laughs> how's the, um, how's the fishing been? right there. Well, yeah, what's, um, what's happening down there? So it's going to be warm up here, I think, today and tomorrow. It says it's going to get up to 40, but who knows? So um, yeah, seas are still up a little bit, I think, from yesterday. If um, the forecast is telling me correctly, I think uh, there's a bit of swell around, so which is um, <clears throat> sort of backing off through the course of the day into tomorrow. And then uh, we get a southerly change during the week to cool things down, but I don't think there's any rain predicted of any significance. So, all in all, you'd probably be able to get out for a fish. I don't know how the outside conditions would be. You'd probably have to judge that for yourself, but uh, you'd definitely be able to get out in the bay. I think this morning would be the way to go before that... Uh, nor um, northerly, nor westerly gets up, which that will probably bring the temps up a little bit. So, um, still the focus is on whiting and flathead, the summer species, getting some nice snapper as well outside the guys when they could get out during the week. Um, beachworms too, fair few beachworms being caught. So, more and more people. Um, the beachworm supply, of course, for us can be patchy because it's a live bait and they've got to go and catch it. Of course, the commercial guys. So, when they haven't been able to get them, I've noticed a lot more people getting some worming flies and going and giving it a crack, which. I advocate because it's a lot of fun to go and catch some worms if you haven't done it before. Um, pretty much like golf. Very frustrating at times. But real, art, a bit. real art to it, isn't there, Matt? Yeah, look, I think it is. I think it's just a bit of practice. And um, you can either do it with, by using your fingers, which I was taught to catch them with my fingers, albeit I'm a little bit rusty because I don't get down there as much as I 
time permits, um, but um, or you can use um, the worming pliers, and that's probably if you were to start doing it, I'd probably advocate trying with a set of pliers and get the hang of how everything works, and uh, then um, have a crack at it with your fingers. But it is a lot of fun, and look, they're a tremendous bait, um, and it's just something else to catch. Uh, off the beach, especially, it's self-satisfying too. You catch the bait and then you get a nice feed of whiting or, or I mean, just about everything takes them. So, um, all bad. You can go and pump yabbies as well. That's pretty much, pretty basic. You just go and get the yabby pump, find the holes and pump the yabbies. But uh, as you said, the beach worm, the beach worms, there is a bit of, um, is a bit of an act to it. You can look at a lot of stuff on YouTube. I, I, I haven't looked because there's new ways the guys are yeah. using to catch them with their fingers, which I've been practicing and been a rather unsuccessful at this stage because I'm set in my ways. But, um, doing it the old way I can catch them but uh, but uh, a lot of fun to catch so that's just a, a side topic um, gathering your own bait in any form because we're lucky around here we can get the blackfish bait you've got the cabbage from the rocks um, the yabbies and the worms you're able to harvest yourself if you uh, can get out and get them um, they use those small black crabs of course in amongst the rocks the um, brim and groper and things like that um, as well as you've got all the you catch slimies yellow tail you can catch squid um, so if you actually put a bit of time in and you want the I guess the freshest and the best, you can um, get out and get it yourself in many respects. But you do need to have a little bit of time on your side to go up to go bait gathering. But um, like I said, pretty self-satisfying in the old bait section. Now, the diary, what's it telling me quickly? So some flatheads short, caught at the shortcut yesterday just on some pumpkin seed soft plastics. Um, and that's a colour. So when we talk about that, though, so with the soft plastics, people often ask. So uh, the pumpkin seeds are colour um, and they... A very popular colour. It's um, a brownish, spotty black brownish sort of a colour, um, like a dark pumpkin, I guess actually. Um, and the style that they were using was a grub style, so that was has a little wriggly tail. Um, and there's different sizes, so yeah. many of these plastics come in the same colours uh, in different sizes. So the different styles of the plastic is a different action of it. That'd be the easiest way to explain it. So we have to love you and leave you, my friend. Okey-dokey. Well, I'll, um, I'll have a nice Sunday. You have a nice Sunday, and we'll talk to you next Saturday. You too. 163 Salamander Way, Salamander Bay. Pop in and say hello to Matt, and look after the man. We'll be back right after the news. This Clean Up Australia Day is our time to step up, to unite and mobilise, because Australia is our home, our place to be proud of. Together, we can help make our parks, beaches, streets and rivers sparkle and shine. Clean Up Australia Day is just around the corner on Sunday the 3rd of March. So get involved and help make a difference. Register now at cleanup.org.au for your free kit and step up to clean up today. The Hyundai SUV sale event is on now. Enjoy a brilliant $2,000 factory bonus on selected Santa Fe and Palisade. 